You are listening to the Phenom NFL Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. All right, welcome to the Phenom NFL Show with the Three Jacks. Huge Super Bowl last week. Tampa Bay takes down Kansas City 31-9 to in kind of a stunner blowout. What were your immediate reactions from the game? Well, I think you got a little. I got to give a lot of credit to the Bucks here. You know, their defense came to play. You got to give credit to Bruce Arians. You know, he had this team ready, playing the Chiefs, who many considered to be the best team in the league, and they looked they looked very well prepared. Offense looked good, defense looked good. It was a great game from the Bucks. Yeah, and I took the Bucks, or I took, sorry, I took the Chiefs, and by no means did I expect it to be a blowout in either direction. I took the Chiefs. I still obviously thought there was a very real possibility that the Bucks won. I did not expect them to have that type of game. Um, I think it was very overlooked how uh, valuable the two tackles were for the Chiefs. And uh, I, I definitely did not expect Tyree Kill and, and Kelsey to have the games they had. I mean, Kelsey, his stats, stats didn't really tell the full story. He had a few key drops. And uh, Tyree Kill was just not there for a lot of the game. Uh, where he usually would be. So, yeah, it was a pretty stunning game to me. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. I expected a much closer game. You know, Mahomes looked flustered, a bunch of pressure in his face. But I've said it from the beginning of the show, there's one man in sports that you do not bet against, and that is Tom Brady. He came up with a huge game, 201 yards, three touchdowns, totally balled out. Him and Rob Gronkowski might be the best duo in NFL history. So... Not really an exciting game, but definitely a uh, legacy-wise significant one. So how did the Bucks manage to take apart the Chiefs? Well, I think you just got to give all the credit to the Bucks defense here. You know, Tom Brady played, played great. He did what he needed to do. But Mahomes was just getting pressured over and over and over. You know, Mahomes, who many consider would be the greatest quarterback in the league right now. But, you know, there's nothing he can do when he's just under constant pressure from Shaq Barrett against the Chiefs' backup tackles. Just over and over, they were getting penetration, and he just wasn't able to set his feet and throw the ball. And I think that's what did it. Yeah, yeah, like they say, pass rush is king, and it certainly wasn't that game. I mean, you look at one quarterback was in Mahomes was just pressured. It felt like every single time he dropped back, he was running for his life, having to make these ridiculous throws. And on the other side, Brady was comfortable in that pocket, and it, it showed. So I, I definitely think the biggest thing was uh, that Todd Bowles game plan in that pass rush. Yeah. So Todd Bowles in the pass rush, they easily got after Mahomes. And the key number to me is 497. 
That's the amount of yards Patrick Mahomes ran on scrambling attempts and trying to evade sacks. He was pressured 53% of all dropback pass plays, which is by far the most in any game in NFL history. I mean, it was unbelievable to see every single play Mahomes was running for his life. So, But like we said, that front four is the key to getting after Mahomes. If you can put pressure on any quarterback, they're automatically going to struggle. And on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady and the quick strike offense, uh, two seconds, balls out, that type of play is going to keep Brady protected and it's going to keep the ball moving. So on the opposite ends, what happened to Kansas City? It felt like everything was going well for them in the regular season, but then they kind of collapsed. What do you think went on? Well, to me, it looked like everything went wrong. And you watch that game, and it's hard to find something that the Chiefs did right. You could say the best player on that team was Harrison Bucker, who didn't miss a field goal for them. So, I mean, you look at their offense. Receivers had drop issues. Obviously, the offensive line was horrendous. But you look at their defense. You know, the Bucks scored 31 points. You know, you have a 43-year-old quarterback. You have an offense, you know. That's been, that's been good, but you got to stop them from being able to score as many points as they did. And so to me, it just it didn't look like anything went right for the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and we've all been around sports for a very long time, played them, watched them. And uh, I think, you know, it's there's times when you just have games where nothing goes right for you, no matter what you do, right? Uh, in, in any sport, there's just times where you can't get it going, you get unlucky, you know, unlucky things happen, bad penalties. And I, I think that's just what happened to the Chiefs. And unfortunately, it happened in the Super Bowl for them. It, it just wasn't their game. Yeah, and to me, there were three key things that went totally wrong for the Chiefs. The first one is they came into the Super Bowl with an offensive line rotation they hadn't used all year. And because of that, you could tell things weren't going right. Mahomes was getting pressured a lot, and everything was kind of going off the wall for them. Number two, Mahomes got off to a bit of a cold start when he was being protected well. He wasn't completing passes. There were a couple miscues between him and the receivers, him and Kelsey. And the third thing is the receivers couldn't catch. I don't know if you guys saw, Mahomes had a few of the greatest incompletions I've ever seen. He would be rolling out, diving, throwing perfect passes, and they would just clank off of Tyreek Hill's helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, what, what were some of your guys' thoughts on like those throws and uh, the, re- the way the receivers just weren't able to hang onto the ball? Yeah, it just looked like Mahomes was doing whatever and anything possible to try and give his team a chance to win, right? You know, you're already down by multiple scores. You have pressure coming from all directions. You're outside the pocket. You know, you're trying to run away. and But at the same time, you got to get the ball downfield. You know, you're, the way you're going to get back in the game is by, you know, plays down the field, long touchdowns, and he tried everything he could. He made a, f- a few, as you said, just incredible throws that weren't able to be caught. They would have been nice catches, but, you know, you would hope that Tyreek Hill would be able to kind of get up and make a play like that. But really good effort from Mahomes. Yeah, like you just worded it, those are the greatest incompletions I've ever seen. I mean, there's he's like parallel to the ground, and he's throwing these like 20-yard bombs. I, he He's a freak of nature, and it, it's a shame that his pass catchers couldn't step up for him there. Yeah, I've only seen something like this once before. And that was in 2018 when LeBron and the Cavs were trying to make a finals run and LeBron was clearly all by himself. And it just felt like anything Mahomes tried to do just wouldn't work out with his receivers. But Mahomes didn't play his best game. So if you had to give him a letter grade, what would you give him? 
I'm going to have to give him a B minus. You know, I said he did everything he could. You know, if you watch him, he played amazing. But really, just the stats and the, and the team performance, you can't really give him higher than that. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons why he didn't, you know, perform up to expectation. But just with the final performance, it's hard to give him higher than a B minus. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B just because, like, like you said, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. It's just it's hard to really give him anything yeah. more than that with what happened. Um, okay, I feel mean now because I gave him a D because I love Patrick Mahomes. He's a generational talent. The way he plays the game, we've never seen anything like it. But if you have the lowest passer rating in Super Bowl history, just a few just not great throws to start the game. Like, yeah, he had a few heroic moments when they were down 28-9. to But for most of the game, he just wasn't great. I didn't fail him because, you know, of everything he tried to do at the end of the game and the drops. But it's, I, I don't think it's worthy of, like, a higher grade. So he has thrown multiple interceptions in back-to-back Super Bowls. Would you consider Mahomes, like, a poor Super Bowl performer? I mean, you know, he's so young. You know, Mahomes is 25, and he's playing in his second Super Bowl. That's a lot to ask of a young quarterback. And in his first Super Bowl, you know, he came back from a pretty pretty hard deficit against the 49ers. you got to give him credit for that. So I don't think you can label Mahomes as a quote-unquote poor Super Bowl performer yet. You know, he's 25. He'll, he'll probably be to another one. So we'll just see how it kind of unfolds for him. Yeah, I'd say no as well. Just judging on the two Super Bowls I've watched him in, I don't really think he was poor in either of them. He definitely wasn't against the 49ers. And, I mean, he, he had one of his worst career games against the Chiefs, but there was a lot – or not against against the Bucks, but uh, there was a lot that went into that that was working against him there. He was playing a defense that was just playing lights-out football. His receivers didn't catch anything, and, you know, it's two starting tackle, tackles out. So, no, I wouldn't say he's a poor Super Bowl performer. Yeah, me neither. I would say this one specifically was a poor performance rather than him being a poor performer in general. Like, he won last year. He won Super Bowl MVP. So, he can't really be generically like somebody who shrinks in the Super Bowl. But on the opposite side of it, Tom Brady, he's had a couple really good Super Bowls. He's won quite a few of them, actually. So, what letter grade would you give him? I give Brady an A minus. You know, he made a few mistakes. You know, you kind of watch what happened, but his defense was really just giving him gifts at this point. You know, he has a ball in his hands. He has a lot of time to throw. And he made a couple mistakes, but just with the way everything turned out, he scored 31 points. He won the Super Bowl. I can't give him lower than an A minus. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A because I think all he needed to do to get an A from me was win that game. You're 43. Yeah. You've won six Super Bowls. You're back with another team. All, you know all the headlines. We've talked about them. All he needed to do was win. He didn't care how he did it. The win was the only important thing. He could have thrown zero touchdowns to five interceptions. If they won, that's all he cared about. I'm giving him an A. Okay, yeah. I mean, it feels like you guys are giving him A's, but they're almost like underwhelming A's. Like, yeah, you did this, so you get an A. I'm giving him like an A++. Especially the way he started the first half. 200 passing yards, three touchdowns, put his team up uh, 21 to nine at halftime. I mean, it was spectacular the way he was able to just take control at 43 years old with a team that he was really showing the way the whole season. So the way he played that first half is A++. And then the way he set it up, he only had to really game manage the rest of the way. I don't want to dock him for that. But yeah, like you guys have been saying, he did have a stellar defensive performance on the other side of the ball. 
So would you say Brady actually deserved the Super Bowl MVP he won, his fifth of his career? So I would say he deserved it, but I think there's somebody on that team who deserves it more. I would have given it to Rob Gronkowski. I think we saw kind of a vintage performance from Gronk here. He caught six passes for 67 yards and two touchdowns. You know, the stat sheet isn't amazing, but you look at the guy on the other side of the ball and Travis Kelsey and Gronk looked like the better player. You know, Gronk is also, you know, he's played with Brady before in Super Bowls and he kind of came back, you know, with a resurgence. He caught two touchdowns early. And to me, he just looked like one of the best players on the Bucks' offense. Yeah, like you said, I think Brady deserved it. I think there's a few guys you could argue maybe could have deserved it more. Um, I think if you could give it to the defense as a unit, I think they would have, but you can obviously. Um, and I think for that reason, when it's uh, a debate between a whole lot of guys, I think it goes to the quarterback. If you like, if there's a whole bunch of guys. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm going to give it to Brady. Uh, but I definitely think there's a, a bunch of guys that could have gone to. Yeah, I would definitely give it to Brady. Like I said, he had a great game. But you look at some of the guys like Gronk, he had a big first half, a couple touchdowns, a couple receptions. You look at the way the defense got after him, but you can't really give it to them as a whole. So the way – like I feel like this Super Bowl MVP was like given out to Tom Brady. I didn't feel like it was about the Super Bowl specifically. I felt it was more about Tom Brady came to this organization, showed them how to win, and then led them to winning a Super Bowl. So I felt like in that sense you had to give the MVP of the game to Brady. Yeah, so people have wanted to give the defensive unit a few Super Bowl MVPs that Tom Brady's played in. But Brady finally broke away from his Patriot ties. Uh, there's just, I mean, Brady wasn't the only departure from the Patriots this season, right? Uh, they struggled with injuries. They had a whole lot of opt-outs. And I think Brady was the biggest part of that dynasty. But, I mean, if you put Adam Gase with all those teams, I don't think they still win six Super Bowls, right? I think Bill Belichick still did have a lot to do with it. And his, like, I mean, that defense, they, they won a Super Bowl, what was it, 13-3? to three? Uh, Brady didn't go out and hold the Rams' offense to three points, right? And not that that was Belichick that did either, but he's known for being a defensive coach. I, I think you still got to give Belichick some credit for, for the units he's put together. Yeah, and so, and so I would say that Tom Brady gets all the credit, but the problem with that is that Tom Brady's last season with the Patriots – you know, it didn't look as great as his other years with them, right? They go 9-7, and seven, lose to the Titans in the first round. You know, I think coming off that 2018 Super Bowl win, if I think Tom Brady had left then, then you would have to give him all the credit. But the fact that he stays another year with Bill Belichick, and that's when you sort of see the Patriots decline with Tom Brady, I think I agree with you. I think that the problems with the Patriots are past Tom Brady leaving. You know, I think it comes down to other personnel on defense. You know, they're aging. You know, they don't have a lot of weapons on offense. So I think, I think it goes beyond just, just Brady. So I, I do hear what both of you are saying, but I just want to say the Patriots won 12-4 and four last year with almost the exact same weapons that a guy like Cam Newton had. And so the fact that Brady was able to just plug him, kind of himself into last year's Patriots, go 12-4, and four, unplug, and they have the worst offense in the league, it just – I can't see the whole – Brady isn't almost what made the team. Like I said, he was a, a big, big part of it. I just don't think he was the whole part of it. Yeah, I see, I see that. I see that. But to me, it feels like Brady was almost masking what Belichick was doing as a general manager. Because everyone looks at Belichick and they're like, oh, he's one of the greatest coaches ever. But they forget that he's also the GM of the team. 
And if you look at his last however many drafts, he has like, I want to say two pro bowlers that he, that he chose himself. So the thing with the dynasty was Belichick would take whoever he wants, plug it into the offense, and Brady made it work. And then we just saw if, it, if you have anybody other than Brady in that system, it doesn't work as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a large part of it. I, I would be willing to put it out now, like Brady 90, Belichick 10. I think it could change depending on what else Belichick does in future years, right? I mean, obviously there was before Brady, Belichick wasn't anything great, but I mean, he's come a long way from then. He's probably learned a lot. I, I just like to see what happens now in these next coming years when the pressure is really on him to build a good team without Brady. Yeah, for sure. Belichick's got to have a plan, right? I mean, he can't just – it feels like what he did last year was he said, it doesn't matter who's on my roster, I can coach him up, and that didn't work. So it feels like he's got to have some sort of plan for the offseason. Anyway, like we just said, Tom Brady is the undisputed goat of the NFL. But in the grand scheme of things, is he the greatest athlete in all of sports history? So last time we talked about this, I said Michael Jordan – but, you know, the more you think about it and you kind of watch that game and you just reflect on what Brady's been able to do, I'm going to answer this question with yes. You know, football, it's been one of the most popular sports for a long time, and Tom Brady has just dominated it since he's come into the league. He's won seven Super Bowls, which is ridiculous considering, you know, the amount of talent that, that keeps moving around the NFL. And so, to me, that, that answer is no yes. Uh, yeah, I've talked about this, the question of Brady being the greatest athlete uh, with a few people this week. And the conclusion I've came to is, I think it's really, really difficult to compare players across different sports, right? I, I think it's nearly an unanswerable question. Um, if I was going for like an actual logical answer, like just my thinking, I would say it's, it's too hard to compare and I'd give you no answer. I'm going to give an answer right here. i got to give an answer. I'm going to say yes. I agree with you. I think if you're looking at team sports specifically, it's got to be Brady. Because we spent a lot of time last time we talked about this, comparing him to Wayne Gretzky. But Gretzky couldn't win the Stanley Cup once he left Edmonton. So if you think about it like that, the way Brady aged a little bit better, won in different places, I think for team sports specifically, he's got to be the best. Now, there is one athlete in not team sports that I would give at least acknowledgement to saying he's on Brady's level. And that's Michael Phelps. If you win 23 gold medals, which is like, if he were his own country, he would have like the third most gold medals ever, which I think is unbelievable if you think about it like that. So Phelps and Brady are the two pinnacles of athletes. Yeah. And I agree. I think Michael Phelps is the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. But as Jack said, right, how is it, how do you compare athletes across different sports, you know, especially an athlete on a team sport compared to Michael Phelps, you know, as a swimmer, you know, how does 23 gold medals in the Olympics compare to seven Super Bowls in the NFL, right? So it's just kind of hard to compare accomplishments. So, you know, it could go either way. And there's an argument for a lot of people for that position. I, I did not know Phelps won that many gold medals. My God. Yeah, he's something else. He's like a human fish. But... So we're talking about Brady in terms of, you know, every athlete ever. Let's dial it down a little bit. Talk about his goathood in terms of football alone. Can he be passed by anybody? Uh, no. And I think what hurts Patrick Mahomes here, and we talked about it last week, is that this game wasn't close. And Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great stat line. So, you know, people looking back on this game, they're going to say, oh, 
Tom Brady dominated Patrick Mahomes at 43 years old. Mahomes is 25. So now even if Mahomes does go win a few Super Bowls, maybe four or five Super Bowls, you know, Brady's still going to have more, you know, unless Patrick Mahomes absolutely dominates the next decade. And people are going to come back to this game, which is probably going to be, you know, one of the last games in Tom Brady's career. They're going to say, okay, he dominated Patrick Mahomes. And then now he's he, a couple of years later, next year he retired with seven Super Bowls. I think it's going to be really hard for Mahomes. Yeah, I'm going to say realistically no, because I think seven Super Bowls is just a ridiculous amount. And yeah. if, like, if Breeze retires, he'll pass Breeze for most yards, and he might already have, but I know he's going back and forth. Uh, so realistically, no. I mean, there might be somebody someday that goes and wins more than seven Super Bowls, but, I mean, that's literally impossible to predict. I'm not even going to try and do that, so I'm going to say no. I mean, I don't want to say anything's impossible. Like, it, like Mahomes could go and win 10 straight Super Bowls right now, and he could have an argument against Brady. Somebody else could come along and just be, you know, the greatest specimen we've ever seen in terms of football. But what's weird, and I, I hate saying this, it feels like it would have been better for Mahomes if he missed the Super Bowl this year than the fact that he lost to Brady. Because if he lost in the AFC Championship and then got to five or six Super Bowls, then he can have sort of an argument. But now that he lost to Brady, especially in the fashion that he did, I feel like Mahomes specifically can never do it. And like you said, never say never. I mean, he could win like 10 straight. But, yeah, I, I mean, realistically, yeah, I, I would doubt it unless something crazy happens. Yeah, so there always could be someone down the line. But as of the active players right now, I don't, I don't know if it's possible. Unless, here's something I'm throwing out there. We see a Tampa Bay-Kansas City rematch next season. Do you think that's possible? Well, I think it's possible if Tom Brady stays. You know, if he decides not to retire and comes back, could Tampa Bay go to another Super Bowl in the NFC? Yes, but it's just really unlikely for, for these two specific teams to meet again in the Super Bowl next year, especially with how many wild cards there's going to be. You know, Tom Brady will be 44. You know, a lot of free agents on both teams. You know, a little bit of shifting. I think it's just very unlikely. But I think Mahomes, you're right. If they play again and Mahomes wins, that could change the whole narrative. Yeah, if yeah, if they certainly if they play again and Mahomes wins it, it would change a lot. But you look in the AFC, you've got the Bills. Try, I mean, we've talked about how many teams there is in the AFC uh, in previous weeks. And the NFC, the Rams have already gotten better. The 49ers are going to be better by default because they're getting half their team back from injury. The Cowboys are going to be better. And there's already, you know. So I think one of those teams can make it back, certainly. I think the chances we see both back are very, very low. So I'm going to say we probably don't see a rematch. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we could because they're both going to be the favorites to come out of their conference next year. But I don't think we will. It's so difficult to get back to a Super Bowl. It's super rare to see a team make the Super Bowl twice in a row, let alone win it twice in a row. So I don't think we're going to see Kansas City, Tampa Bay again next year, especially if you look at all the new young contending teams like you were just talking about. Right. So towards the end of the game, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Antoine Winfield did something pretty reminiscent of what Tyreek Hill did to him at the end of their regular season matchup. He gave him a peace sign, said, peace out. You lost this one. Are you okay with the taunting? Yeah, and I can, I can definitely see why Antoine Winfield would have been upset. You know, imagine you're a defensive back. You know, it's either a blown coverage or you just miss your assignment. 
and then the receiver is going into the end zone and he turns around and he holds up a peace sign at you, you know, it'll make you feel worse. And so to get the chance to kind of knock a pass away from the same player in the Super Bowl, and, you know, you just got to let him know, you know, you got to remind him what he did to you earlier in the season. I completely understand why he did it. And I would say it's okay. Yeah. So at first, before I knew that was like, I kind of forgot about that. I was like, oh, that was kind of, you know, like just win, win with some class. Right. And then uh, I went on Instagram and I kind of like, yeah, I remembered that's what happened when they met in the regular season. And I was like, all right, now I'm okay with it because Tyreek Hill has been doing that to how many defenders uh, I feel like if I was Antoine Winfield, I probably would have done the same thing uh, after what Tyreek Hill did in the regular season. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. So, not only am I okay with it, I applaud Antoine Winfield for doing that. And here's why. So, when they met in Week 12, Tyreek Hill had the biggest first quarter of any player ever, 200-something yards, seven, tu- seven receptions, three touchdowns. Unbelievable. So, Here's what he did to Antoine Winfield en route to that performance. He gave him a peace sign as he blew by him. He did a backflip into the end zone. And then on the sideline, he ran to the telephones and he did the Shannon Sharp. He was acting like he was calling the president saying, they need help. We're killing the Buccaneers. They need help. So fast forward 10 weeks later, Tyreek Hill drops a fourth down. It's 31 to nine with a couple minutes left. And Antoine Winfield's like, you know what? Here's it right back to you. I love to see it. It really embodies what athletes think of in terms of like the emotionality of sports. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. So Antoine Winfield, people say he's only really in the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady's leadership. How many more years do you think he has left? Well, I'll just say this. If I was Tom Brady, I would just retire now at this point. You're, I mean, everyone considers you the greatest quarterback of all time. You just won a Super Bowl. You know, your performance, it's great, but it's definitely starting to decline. You know, what happens next year? You know, you got a few moving pieces on your team. If your team's not as good and you have kind of a disappointing performance, all of a sudden that's going to change how people remember you. If you have a bad season, people, the last memory of football people will have of you is that one bad season you had. And I think if you retire right now, you just beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. You're 43, you know, you're going to the Hall of Fame, your first year eligible. I think it's a perfect time. But realistically, if he wanted to keep playing, he definitely has a few more years, maybe two more years. You know, he's still on a very talented team. He can still throw the ball. He has more football knowledge than anybody in the league. I think he could make it work if he wanted to. Yeah, so I agree with you. If I was him, I would retire on top, just like Manning did. Uh, You know, you leave on a high note. Uh, you have nothing left to prove to anybody. Um, but realistically, he's not going to retire now. Um, and I mean, I feel like we've been saying he's got one to two more years for like five years now. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Max Kellerman clip from 2016. Uh, and it's been like that every year. Um, so, I mean, who knows? He could play for five more years. Uh, he could play till he's 50, maybe. I, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I'm going to say two to three more years, but I'm not confident in that at all. Okay, so I, I, I strongly disagree with the notion that he should retire right now. Because if you look statistically, this is the best season of his career since 2007, right? He had 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, and he just won the Super Bowl. So why retire when you have a chance to at least go out and win another one? So the way I see it, Father Time is no longer undefeated. 
if you look at the way Brady's been playing the last however many years. So to answer the question, I think he has one more elite season like he just had, one more slightly above average season, and then he probably has another one in him where he's like Peyton Manning in 2015, kind of struggling, but he can still game manage and lead a team to at least a playoff spot. That's reasonable, yeah. So would you guys be shocked if Brady can do something similar to that, like where he goes out and has another good few years, even if you think he should retire right now? I would say yes because of how many weapons he has on his team. You know, he's got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, two elite receivers. He's going to have O.J. Howard coming back. He has a great offensive line, you know, kind of a great offensive head coach and a great defense. So he has everything that he needs around him. And so if he plays like this again, I think 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked just for the fact of like what you just said. He's he's got all the tools around him, and for the other fact of I don't think I could be shocked by anything he does at this point. Um, I definitely think that Bucks team has the potential to run it back for another one. It's going to be really difficult, but the the potential's there. Uh, yeah, I think he definitely can. I mean, they already said Gronk's coming back. He already said he's coming back. They're going to re-sign Shaq Barrett and all those guys. So the same roster coming back, he can do really whatever he wants. So Brady's accomplished more in his career than any other football player ever. But was this run specifically the greatest accomplishment of his career? Yeah, I think it was. I think just to be able to win a Super Bowl on a a team separate from the Patriots. You know, you win six Super Bowls with the Patriots. But for whatever reason, people want to label you as a system quarterback. They want to give all the credit to Bill Belichick. Now you come to a completely new team, new conference, new weapons, everything, and you win another Super Bowl. I think it is the best accomplishment of his career. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with yes as well. You, you really any questions that were still there were answered. Uh, so yeah, there, there's not much else to say. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I agree, but not because of like. Well, on top of everything he did with his team, if you look at who he had to go through to win the Super Bowl, Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, all three of which well, we project from Mahomes, but are going to finish top 10 all time. And the way he beat the three of them by just outperforming them three straight games, it just feels like we've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So obviously it was huge for Brady, but do you think it's like the greatest playoff run ever, like from anybody? Well, to me, you know, and this might be biased, but I think the greatest playoff run ever was Nick Foles in 2017. You know, you take a guy who is a career backup for most of his career. He comes to the Eagles for an injured Carson Wentz. And, you know, and he plays in the NFC Championship game, you know, against the Vikings, who have the number one ranked defense in the NFL, and beats them 38-7, to and then goes to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Tom Brady throws for over 500 yards, and you beat him 41-33. to it was, this, it was tied for the highest rating ever in a postseason game. That, that, that performance against the Patriots in Super Bowl 52, to me, that just was the greatest kind of postseason run of all time. Yeah, I think it's really hard to uh, determine what the singular greatest one was uh, because off the top of my head, I obviously can't remember every single one. Um, but one that is in my mind is the 2015 Broncos. Not to say they were better, but they also knocked off the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Uh, they beat a 15-1 and Panthers team that just looked like they were bound to win it that year. Um, 
So I think there's an argument for that Bucks run being one of the best. Um, but I don't know, like, uh, off the top of my head, if, if I would call it the best. So something we've all been pretty consistent with is, unfortunately for Brady, if you're the best, you can't have the best run because the best run's got to knock off the best. So Jackson Eagles fan, he picked his Eagles as the best run ever. I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to say both 2007 and 2011, those Giants playoff runs were better than what Tampa did because they go up against the 13-3 division rival Cowboys, knock them off in a blowout. 13-3 Brett Favre's uh, Packers, two-game winning drives. Should have really three-game winning drives because he let them down and then he missed a field goal. And then you beat the 16-0 undefeated Patriots with another game winning drive there. And on top of that, in 2011, Aaron Rodgers has the best quarterback season we've ever seen. You win that. Game-winning drive versus the 13-3 49ers. And, again, you knock off Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So I would say the two Giants postseason runs are better than what Tampa did. Any yeah, other- I, I think there's an argument. I sadly wasn't uh, alive for my team's Super Bowl runs. Uh, so I, I can't really use my bias here. I mean, you've seen your team get to two of them. Just yeah. the result didn't go the way you were hoping. Yeah. Okay, in other news, Russell Wilson, there's been a lot of uh, dissent between him and Seattle. He says he wants to be protected better. He has been sacked more times than anybody else since he entered the league. Could Russell Wilson be on the move? Well, to me, this seems very similar to the Matthew Stafford trade, kind of the whole situation that happened there. You have two quarterbacks who have played on the same team their whole career. And, you know, we've seen obviously a lot of talent from both of them. Teams have liked them, you know, basically their whole career. And so now teams see that they're on the trade block. They say, okay, this guy's played really good on a franchise, you know, that a lot of people have knocked is, you know, Matthew Stafford didn't get a lot of help. Russell Wilson didn't get a lot of help. Let's take one of these guys and and try and see what he can do on our team. And so I think the price for Russell Wilson would be about the same as Stafford, maybe two firsts, but that's if the Seahawks are willing to give him up. Yeah. um, It's very hard for me to picture Russell Wilson somewhere other than Seattle. Um, I'd like him other somewhere other than Seattle as a 49er fan. Um, but, um, I don't know if I'm a young team, Russell Wilson, he's, uh, we have some people in our, in our feet at Phenom that are very, very critical of Russell Wilson, want him gone. They're Seahawks fans. They want him gone so badly. And they, they question him as a winner. And I, first I didn't see it. I'm starting to see it now. I mean, you look at the years they won, they just had some ridiculous teams around Russell Wilson, those, I mean, of course, the Legion of Boom. Um, and I'm starting to question, I mean, their defense second half of the season in the playoffs wasn't necessarily the problem. And you lost to a team with a back of quarterback and then a quarterback with a broken thumb. Um, and you have good, a good supporting cast. You have Chris Carson, he's healthy. But Metcalf and Lockett were uh, one of, the one of if not the best receiver duos this season. Um, but I, I could see Wilson being moved, but I, I very much doubt it happens, at least right now. Yeah, so like you said, there are a bunch of people in on our Phenom team pretty critical of Russell Wilson, I being one of them. So I would say, no, I don't think he's going to get traded, but he should be. Because it feels like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are like a couple who they they don't work together, but they also refuse to break up. Like, Russell Wilson in Seattle system, play action, 
run, run, run. It doesn't work. They they need to go in different directions. Maybe trade Russell to Miami. Imagine the haul you can get back for him. Two a tag of Iloa, two or three first round picks. I feel like that's definitely something Seattle should be exploring. Yeah, and I think Tua actually, as you said, I think he fits the Seahawks scheme very well. Just a run heavy offense. You know, let Tua kind of game manage and make some throws when he needs to. And I agree. I think Russell Wilson in Miami seems like a perfect fit. You know, Miami, it's a pretty it's a pretty hot destination for a lot of players. Just let him go there. You know, let him kind of do what he's been doing all career. He's going to have weapons around him, and it's just a new environment for him. Yeah, I would agree. I think that trade kind of makes sense for, for both teams. Uh, not so much of Tua with the Seahawks, but the two first-round picks. I mean, if one of them ends up being that third overall and you have the chance to take Panay Sewell, because offensive line is – I mean, has been the Seahawks' hole for, like, years now. Uh, and Panay Sewell is supposed to be, you know, the next big tackle. I, I think that would make a lot of sense for the Seahawks. Yeah, so the thing is, what Seattle's been doing is they've been playing Russell Wilson like a game manager. You plug him in and you run your offense, and he conforms to whatever you want to do with him. Russell Wilson should be in an offense where – the team is built around him rather than he's a part of the team because he's a game changer. The way he plays football is unbelievable. It's very rare to see that from somebody as short as he is, but the way he's been in Seattle, like it works in the regular season. It's been fantastic because you can do stuff like game managing and that'll work out. But in the playoffs, it almost seems like Russ has been like fluctuating a little bit. He's lost six of his last nine playoff games including a couple like embarrassing ones and the wins haven't been all that impressive either. So if I'm the Seahawks, like I would definitely try and get somebody like Tua who I can just plug in and say, hand the ball off or throw a short pass. So what would that mean for the league if he were on the move? Well, it would be interesting to see how it affects the Seahawks. Would they do better with Russell Wilson? Would they do a lot worse? They do about the same. And I think that would have an impact on kind of the legacy of Russell Wilson. You know, if the Seahawks do the same or even get a little bit better without Russell Wilson and a little more pieces on, you know, maybe the defense, that would kind of hurt him. People would remember this as being, as Russell Wilson is not as being as crucial as they thought he was to the Seahawks. But, you know, at the same time, if he goes to a team like the Dolphins and he lights it up, maybe wins that elusive MVP award, you know, he's been winning his whole career. You know, obviously that would, that would have huge impact on his career and it would give something people to remember him by. Yeah, and I, I definitely think it would open up the market a bit. Right now, with Stafford gone, there's like Wentz and Darnold, but I don't think a lot of people are sold on either Wentz or Darnold. I think there's just too much unknown. Like Darnold, we know he's got the potential, but was he being held back by playing for the Jets, or is he not, just not that good? And when you're a team like a team that was involved with uh, my 49ers, and to me, when you're a contending team, I don't think you take that chance. And with the, the young quarterback, I think you take what you know you have in Garoppolo rather than chancing it. But uh, I think with Wilson, it, it would be, you know, m much more valuable than Stafford a bit below Watson. Okay, yeah. So I agree with you, but I also like I like you just mentioned. I didn't want to. I didn't want this to be the first show we had without mentioning Deshaun Watson. So if Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson straight up was on the table, do either teams? decline well I don't think that would make sense for the Texans you know Deshaun Watson is what seven years younger than Russell Wilson 
you know, he has more potential at this point. You know, he's a better athlete. And, you know, we haven't – Russell Wilson's been kind of disappointing recently. And Deshaun Watson's been playing out of his mind on, on a team that's been really disappointing in itself. So, to me, if I was the Texans, I'm declining that trade. I'm sticking with Watson. I'm getting a better haul for him. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Seattle should accept that. You're basically getting Russell Wilson right. seven years ago, who was yeah. unbelievable. And if I'm Houston, I I don't know. It feels like you're just putting yourself in the same problem because you probably have to build around Russ now and you have less time to do so. Yep. If I'm Seattle, I definitely accept. I mean, you're you're getting a quarterback in the same skill level um, that's younger. Um, if I'm Houston, uh, the thing with Russ is that he he's still got some years in him but we've seen that he can fall through under a bad offensive line. I don't think he's going to want to play there. You get a ton of cap back with Russell since he was contract, and you're also probably not going to get that much draft capital. In fact, you're probably going to have to give him some because I think right now Watson holds more value than Wilson just because of the age factor. Um, I think it's close, though. Um, so if I'm the Texans, I'm probably not doing that because I don't really want an older quarterback because I don't know if I can build around him in time for him to still be elite. Yeah, I agree. It feels like you're running out of time with Russ and Houston. It just seems like you're getting the same type of thing. And as it stands right now, I don't know if Seattle makes next year's playoffs. But what other, what else could really happen with next year's playoff picture if you had to give like way too early predictions? Well, so here are my, here's my hot take. I think the number one seed in the AFC is going to be the Bills. I think the number one seed in the NFC is going to be the Rams. So the Rams, we talked about them last week after they acquired Stafford. You know, we said they instantly turned into contenders. You know, Goff could be identified as maybe the biggest weakness on their team last year, especially in the playoffs. So, you know, you get Stafford, a guy who's very experienced in the league, a guy who's very talented, great arm. And now I think they could easily kind of contend in that conference, especially when it seems like some of the other teams – who won the NFC this year are kind of on the decline. You know, you have the Packers. Who knows where Aaron Rodgers will be next season, if he's going to be the same player next season. And then the Bucks. we talked about, is Tom Brady coming back? You know, is Tom Brady going to have the same type of season? So I think if Stafford really plays like he can, I think the Rams can step up and take that number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, so Brady did say that he was coming back, and it feels like they're going to be – just as good as they were last year if Brady can maintain his same level of play. And it also seems like they're almost a lock to win their division now that Drew Brees is retiring. So that's something to watch. But I do have a few things. So I think the Giants win the NFC East. I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. I feel like the Chargers have a huge step up. They make the playoffs. And the Browns and Ravens, I feel like, are going to be the story of next year. They're going to be battling for the AFC North. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then the Rams, I feel they're going to be almost the Tampa of last year. I don't know if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, but they're a new team with a new quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go on some insane run. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised with the Rams there. Um, obviously not to say the 49ers are in there, just because obviously 49ers fan, I think they're going to come back healthy and I think they're going to come back strong. Um, I think the AFC, I think – there might be a bit of a blow to the confidence of KC after that one. And I think that's going to leave it like a big, a bit of a opening for 
a new champion in the AFC, whether that be the Bills or the Browns or even the Ravens uh, or even maybe even the Chargers. Uh, who knows? So, uh, I mean, you see shake up every year. So I'm going to go 49ers, Rams. Uh, I'd say the Bucks make it back probably. Packers are probably still there. Uh, at this point in time, I'd put the Seahawks. I still think they're good enough to make the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bears if they can upgrade at quarterback and keep Robinson. But that's a two big ifs right now. So that could definitely change. And the AFC, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, got to be there. Um, Steelers are probably going to be there. I think they're a team built to at least make the playoffs. Uh, again, it definitely depends on how the, this offseason goes because they could lose Juju. Uh, they, it, there's so much unknown right now. But uh, th those are my early teams that I think will we'll get in, as well as the Colts. So I think the interesting here thing here with the Chiefs is are they going to fall victim to this, you know, Super Bowl hangover? You know, the 49ers lost the Super Bowl last year, had a disappointing season, the Rams before that. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to come back and, and dominate like they have the past two years. You know, what what's Mahomes going to do? Is he going to have another MVP season? But, you know, I'm just taking the Bills because we saw Josh Allen take a step forward from last year. I think with Brian Dable there, I think he takes another step forward. I think the defense kind of becomes a little bit better for the Bills. And to me, I could just definitely see them taking the AFC. Yeah, so here's my thing about the Super Bowl hangover, right? So you mentioned the Rebs and the 49ers. But the difference between them and the Chiefs is the Chiefs' strength is the quarterback. And so if you have a superstar quarterback, it's going to be hard to almost fall off the wagon, unless, yeah. like, especially if you're a team that just made the Super Bowl. But call me crazy, I feel like all four NFC West teams could be in the playoffs next year. And if there's one that had to miss, I almost feel like it's the Seahawks. Yeah, I think I said last week that I, I could see that happening. And I, I would agree with you because the 49ers, I think, when healthy, they've got a great defensive line. Getting Bosa back is going to be huge. Uh, Warner and Dre Greenlaw are a great linebacking duo. Uh, I think if you can keep some – they've got some key guys to resign the secondary. I think they let Sherman walk. I think you keep Ferret and Quan Williams, and I think you draft. If you can get Farley or Certain to fall free to you, I think you've got to take them. I really like what Debo Samuel and Ayuk can do. Uh, as a duo, I think getting Kittle back is going to be huge. So I think they're there. I think the Rams are obviously there with just how good that defense has played this year and uh, upgrading at quarterback. I mean, I don't see how they get worse. Uh, and I think the Cardinals are going to get there. I think there were games where they really got figured out with how their offense ran. And in those games, they lost. And I think that, you know, you've got another year. Murray and uh, Hawkins have a year under their belt together. And I, I think they get in this year. And if there was one I had to choose to miss, I would say the Seahawks. Yeah, the Cardinals' fall from grace was pretty surprising, surprising after they started off so hot. But it's been a great season. That was an exciting Super Bowl. I'm already excited for next year. I cannot wait for the draft, for agency, all that stuff. And that's our show.